This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the Fanalist, and Southey. Welcome back, welcome back. We've got Bean and Darty tapping in for Fanalist and Southey today. Thanks so much, guys, for filling in. I appreciate it. Not a problem. So we've got a couple of games to cover here. we got Vegas, we got uh, Arizona, and then we got St. Louis coming up tomorrow. So, uh... Justin, Darty, how are you guys feeling? Not too, not bad. too bad. Not too not bad. bad. Jinx. <laughs> I swear, last time when I went to edit this, you guys did the exact same thing. You said the same thing, and it lined up perfectly in my edit. It was scary. You guys are uh, in sync. Someone with a goalie Twitter handle and a, and a goalie, so what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> are you a goalie? I don't I, think I remember that. Yeah, I, I started out as a goalie. That's why I'm so whacked. <laughs> different breed those goalies eh? that's, so, uh, that's one way to put it <laughs> that's what i always hear like uh noodles talking about on overdrive just yeah goalies are weird <laughs> we're, we're strange so uh leafs had an interesting couple games we had uh the west coast tour here a couple 10 p.m games so apologies we didn't stay up till 3 a.m recording but uh, we have day jobs and things to get to so we are back here on a friday we'll get two post games and a pregame for you so um the vegas game was confusing i i felt like the leafs played like half of each period well i don't know what you guys thought but it was they started out well and they started out the second period well and they finished okay but it was like in between there you know, and of course, Vegas took advantage of it and came back, uh, sent it to overtime and eventually the shootout. But man, that was a that was a pretty frustrating game to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, we touched on before, it's you, you got to try to time the the lull in your season better. Right. And this looks like it might might be kind of that time, although we can't get too overly critical with everybody being off and. The schedule is just whacked. Like I touched on before, one of the things that the Leafs need right now is games and actual schedule. And even Keith said that in an interview. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Keith said that too. And um, I think that's something that is worth noting. I mean, they've barely played. All of them just got COVID. So uh, I think the conditioning is definitely in a bit of a slump. So can't blame them. Uh, hoping that... We catch up on some games. I mean, the Leafs were already ahead of everybody in the schedule, so hopefully this kind of mm-hmm. first of all evens it out. Second of all, they you know have a decent stretch to catch up. But uh, that's not going to happen over the next little while. Nope. For between the sixteenth and the thirty-first, the Leafs only play four games. Oh, get out of here! Yep, because the Devils game on the seventeenth was postponed. Yeah. So at the end of January, the Leafs will be at forty games, and all the rivals you know the division teams are going to be at about 45 46 so it doesn't sound too bad but they're not going to be playing a lot of hockey in the next little while it's tough to make those up they're gonna have to go to percentages they probably will yeah that way we don't uh, give the stanley cup out in the end of july no kidding (laughs) i feel like the Leafs are going to benefit though from this uh this slow pace right because uh you know there's a lot of um I'm sure a lot of little injuries that they're all still trying to just nurse, right? So the healthier these guys are come playoff time, the better. We don't want to see them getting all roughed up and then just get run out of the playoffs. No one wants to see the Leafs get greased out of the playoffs, right? A a full, healthy, you know, hearty, rugged roster would look 
mint. I think everybody yeah, not a Leaf fan wants to see that, though, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, on top of COVID, there were a lot of injuries. I mean, we had uh, we had Marner and Sandine both go down and uh, a couple others in between there. So yeah, I mean, giving them some extra time to recover is not a bad thing. But yep. now we've got Kasha and Hall and uh, Richie all added to COVID protocol. Um, that hurts. Man, like Marner's just coming back, but then we lose Kasha. How convenient. So. Mm-hmm. Stops yeah. them from Showcase. having to do anything for the salary cap. Ooh. Okay. There might I'm not be a, a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. theorist. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. I'm choking on something there. Not COVID. George Bush <laughs> did Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what it is, you conspiracy theorists. I think I want to preface this episode, uh, Johnny, by saying that uh, I'm glad that we did it now and not, and not after these games because, you know, as a fan and now a, you know, I guess a correspondent on Leafs late night. I feel that we definitely are one of the we're pretty level-headed Leafs podcasts in comparison to some of the other more popular Leafs podcasts out there. Uh, <laughs> not gonna actually, I'm not gonna drop any names. You can you already know who he is. You already know who he is. All right, I'm not gonna give him any more airtime. All right, dangle. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just when you actually have a have the time to sit down and look back on these two games or just, uh, you know, the past five games, let's say like the Leafs have had definitely had some moments of, uh, of disappointment for Leafs fans, but let's be real. Like it's, it's not that bad and it's not, it's really not, it's not that simple. Like a lot, you see it, you seeing these guys freaking out on, you know, on the Leafs, on Jack Campbell, on, you know, on, I guess even our bad defense per se, but like, we're still 23, eight and three, like, come on, like, stop, like, stop this craziness of like, okay, the alarm bells are ringing. Oh my God. The Leafs, they gave up another lead again. Oh, it's choke city. We're going to lose. Like, just calm down guys. Like chill. This is, (laughs) this is like the craziest season of all. And we're still doing 28 and three. Like it's not that bad. Even yeah, my favorite is they talk about uh, Marner not scoring on the power play, but then as soon as the Leafs go on the power play, the stat comes up and it says they're first in the NHL. It's like, what, guys? Why yeah. are we finding things to criticize here when they literally have the best numbers? Like Matthews now has a franchise record for scoring in away games in a row. Like just the amount of franchise records that are being broken. Like they had the the best twenty five game stretch in franchise history. Okay, they had a little bit of a, a weak stretch at the beginning of the season, but. I'm, it's like I was saying in our group chat there, the fantasy write-up in Yahoo on Jack Campbell after the Colorado games that it was like his worst performance of the year and you know they blew a 4-1 lead. And like really, if you watch that game, it was not blowing a 4-1 lead as just as much the Leafs scored first. Like, I don't that, know. It's hard That article was absolute trash. Sorry for talking over you there, Johnny. Oh, no, but it was trash. It was saying that like it was Campbell's worst start and... He made, then it goes on to say he made 50 saves or 45 of 50 saves. It's like, get out of here. Must have been wrote by someone with the last name Simmons. The guy's standing on his head. Everybody in the comments was like, did did Yahoo hire Steve Simmons? Wow. (laughs) Like, (sighs) even even good teams traditionally only win at about a 60% clip. If you take 60% of an 82 game season, that's only 49 wins. 
So it, it, you're you're going to lose games. You can't go eighty two and zero. This isn't the NFL. You're not going to only have two losses. The other thing is, Leaf fans need to make up their minds. Do this? Does the regular season matter or does it not? Because it's the regular season doesn't matter until they lose a game. Then it's this is atrocious. And then when they win a game by a blowout, it's give us the Stanley Cup now. So can we just? It's, there's it's certain things I'd like to 82 see. 82 games for a reason. Yep. But then at the same time, it, it's kind of silly to me that the Leafs have never won the President's Trophy. Mm-hmm. Not that I actually it, didn't know that. Are yeah, you serious? They've never, never won, won the President's Trophy. Yeah. Not that it really matters, oh but. And that's crazy all... to think about because they never won it in the capless era. They never won it when they didn't even have a fucking salary cap. That blew my mind. When I heard that, that was like two years ago. I heard that. I was like, are you fucking joking? We're like the number two storied team in this fucking league. Like, didn't was it you being that said like in 67, we had just as many cups or nearly as many cups as Montreal at that time or something like that? I, I don't off the top of my head. I don't know the exact number, but we weren't. It wasn't very far off. We weren't far sure. off. Like we were close. We were closer. To, we were close enough to Montreal than we are now. It's like how is it like in all those years before the salary cap, we still never won the fucking President's Trophy. Jesus Christ, dirty. <laughs> we haven't done. We haven't done our Ballard episode yet. No, I know <laughs> we got to get to that. But uh, not to mention them again. But uh, Dangle's last show, they were talking about how the Leafs have a crazy record, like the f- best in the league for blowing three or plus goal leads or three or four goal leads. Like they're they have a eight percent chance to blow multi goal leads, which is like the highest in the NHL over the last I don't know how many years, but just insane. Everything just <sighs> gets ridiculously blown out of proportion because it's the Leafs because we're the hockey mecca of Canada, right? But like, meanwhile, like you... there's a team that has eight wins and no one cares because it's in Arizona and somehow they beat the Leafs because that just happens every now and then they're not <laughs> going to go winless for the whole season and they have to beat someone and it has to be Austin Matthews, right? <laughs> like, look, the Leafs blow first round playoff series like the Buffalo Bills blow Super Bowls in the 90s. But you know what? Like, this is not the time to be reminded of that. Like, we're doing so well. Like, let's just let's really focus on the bigger picture here. right? Like, we're breaking exactly. all these records. We're doing things that the Leafs like the Leafs teams who are who, you know, in when we we think so fondly of that we used to think we're better than this team and now we're here and it's like wow we're really seeing how good how much potential this team truly has because we've always loved matthews we've always you know loved marner or hated marner if you depending on who you are we've always loved like, you know, our, we haven't Tavares. always loved Nylander. <laughs> we haven't always loved me but the thing is we've we've all these we knew all these players are good but now we're seeing like holy crap like you know we we've heard of guys like Wendell Clark. We heard of, we've heard of guys like Daryl Siddler. But now we've got our own influential team of like these guys. These guys are gonna make history. Like we're, you know, our kids are gonna want to talk to us one day about about Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares. And if we can make it past this first round, and God forbid, make it the Stanley Cup Finals, like the, these names might be bigger. <laughs> Matthews is eleventh in all time Leafs goals already. Eleven. Unreal. And he's what twenty five? Um, yeah, I think so. Twenty? No, not even twenty three, maybe. Marner is fifteenth all time in Leafs assists. Riley's right behind him in sixteenth. Wow! And then Matthews and Marner are twenty second, twenty third, and all time Leaf points. That's insane. 
Okay, just to touch quick to, so we can move on from the Vegas game. Uh, Nylander with the first one. That was beautiful. Um, and also we had uh, Matthews and Mikheyev scoring. And Nylander with the shootout winner. Another beauty. So Nylander opening and closing the game off. And uh, I got to say, I made the pick. I tweeted out Nylander's <laughs> going to score first. And I was Is right. That- well, I thought you said I uh, made the pick like you made the Tim's pick or whatever. I was like, oh, he makes <laughs> No, I gave up on those. I kept forgetting to. I keep forgetting, yeah. Do you know what two forwards had the most ice time for the Leafs in that game? Against Vegas? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Matthews, Matthews led with 23 minutes and 54 seconds. Okay, I thought it was going to be a trick question. Second was Kasha. Ah. Oh, Kasha. I was going to say Kasha. So I went ballsy this week in fantasy because of all the postponed games, and the Leafs had uh, three this week. So I was like, well, I'll grab Kerfoot, Kasha, and Mikheyev. I already have Matthews and Campbell, so I kind of went all Leafs because there's not many games going on right now. And Hey, while they're playing, I'll do it. But uh, then Kasha gets out of the COVID protocol, and I have no ads left this week. So womp womp. Well, if we want to get into fantasy, maybe we can help you out next week we got some yeah, we'll, teams uh, teams to look into and teams to look away, or to stay away from. Yeah, because some people, like, oh my god, the Sens have played, what, like two games in the last month? It's yeah, crazy. they're, they're going to be a sneaky team over the next little while. They have so many games that they need to catch up on, right? No kidding. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this Arizona game, because Carol Vimelka absolutely just stole Stone the show. Man. Like, I, I tweeted out, um, it's like in NHL when you're playing and you can change the difficulty of the skaters and the goalie. So it's like skater difficulty low, goalie difficulty all-star. Because I've never seen a team get more dominated and a goalie just say, don't worry, guys, I'll, I'll just save this one, don't worry. <laughs> this was insane. He basically pulled a Hoshik from the 90s, right? The guy was diving all over the place. He was dropping. He was catching things. It was like uh, the only thing they could do was catch him high like uh, Matthews did. I'm surprised people didn't start shooting higher on him like Ferraro was saying, you know, you got to go high on this guy. You know, he's getting everything that's low. <laughs> you really got to get it higher on him if you're going to get anything past this guy. <laughs> no, he was, he was he was killing us. He looked like, uh, you ever seen that old McDonald's commercial with the little, the really tiny goaltender? He looked like J.C. Petit out there just... <laughs> just scrambling around just every single time. Like we were just sending bullets at him and we just couldn't get it past. Just couldn't like, he was looking like that, uh, that big rectangular character from super Mario 64, (laughs) the big angry face, just (laughs) exactly every single time. Like Nylander had good chances. Matthews had good chances. I I can't believe Nylander didn't score that one that went off the post. So sad. Yeah. I was going to say the one thing that I did notice, though, in comparison to the Vegas game, is I think the, one of the Leafs' problems was that they didn't have enough traffic. They definitely had a lot of good scoring chances, but I don't think that when I was watching, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I, I don't think they had enough traffic when they were making those attempts. Oh, no, I agree. Like, Vimelka was making a lot of saves, but he was, he was able to see everything. It's not like he was reacting quickly. It was just he was catching everything and in the right position at the right time. So... I was hoping to see more from people like Richie and and Kampf and, you know, whoever could get in front of the net and just be heavy presence. And even Bunting was trying, but like Willie and and Matthews, most of their shots were coming, like you said, pretty uncontested. So it's tough to get anything by a goalie who's having that good of a night unless you put up a fight in front of him. 
Now, I, I don't, I can't remember if it was Gord or if it was Ray who brought it up in the broadcast, but you think maybe the fact that Vimalka's a Southpaw got into their heads a little bit? Hmm. It's unusual, right? Like, it's not something that they would face very often. I can't even name another goalie that is, but... Hutchinson. Is he... Act- oh. okay. So then, no, <laughs> they practice on one all the time. That's not in their heads. They're fine. Well, yeah, but they beat Hutchinson so easily that they probably didn't think anything of it. That's fair. Sorry, Hutch. Um, Sorry, bud. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Dezingle is just a leaf killer too, eh? Yep. Like, there's a couple of them still sprinkled. It doesn't matter what team they're on. They move around and they're they're just always leaf killers. They absolutely so, are. Uh, yeah. Didn't think it'd be a two-man show. I'm just really glad Kessel didn't score because that would just be the last thing I wanted to watch on that night, staying up till uh, one in the morning to, <laughs> against Arizona. Right. Or Galchenyuk. Or Galchenyuk. Or, or Riley Nash. Man. <laughs> All these games, there's so many ex-leaves. What was it on Vegas? It was... Uh, Vegas has Ben Hutton and... Um, and Michael Amadio. Michael Amadio, yeah. Just like, of course, people that never even broke the lineup are all of a sudden the star of the game. Like, Ben Hutton was all over the place. I'm like, of course this guy's going to score tonight. Like, this is crazy. And if you want to get technical, before he went to Vegas, Leonard was actually a Maple Leaf for about 30 seconds. What is it with the Leafs and having these goalies and getting... Okay, expand on that one, because I don't know if I, I know this. How did they have Leonard? So, the Leafs, they haven't done a lot of it lately. They've actually used other teams to do it. Basically, you're using another team to broker a deal, right? Um, so they did it last year with Felino. Right. So in the trade, Felino technically got traded to San Jose before he got traded to Toronto. San Jose was, okay. received a pick in order to eat to retain some of the salary. If I remember correctly, a, a salary can only be retained twice. And I think it's up to 25% of the salary. So max 50% can be retained. I could be, the numbers might not be exactly right, but it can only be retained a set number of times. You can retain 50% of the salary, but if you trade them to through another team, then that team can also retain 50%. Of of the remaining, I believe, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I remember this. Because with Foligno, they traded him through San Jose. San Jose retained 50. And I think Columbus uh, retained some too, didn't they? Yeah, Columbus retained 50, and then San Jose retained 50 of that, so the Leafs got them at a quarter of the price. So the Leafs did that for Vegas and Chicago during that trade. Huh. I actually didn't know that. They, they, they've they done that a handful of times. Oh, jeez. What do we got that? there? Is a panda bear? Can't really. Tweet from Leonard. Tweet from Leonard oh. saying, taken off to Vegas at Maple Leafs. We were so close. See you tomorrow, Vegas. Can't wait to join the Golden Knights. And he's got the pajama boy picture with the um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, with the with the panda superimposed over his face. Oh, I would love to have Robin Leonard on this team. I mean, obviously Jack Campbell's been awesome, but like beforehand when that would have happened, uh, uh, he probably would have gotten eaten alive here though with all the outbursts he's had, like you know his Twitter rants and like. That would have been so. You know, I feel like Toronto's so definitely like. But I feel like like Toronto is definitely one of those like shut up and play hockey cities, right? Like sometimes sometimes we're just like, come on, guys. Like the Toronto media needs it though. Like I'm surprised they haven't. They probably have. I just haven't seen it. I'm surprised they there hasn't been a, a bunch of articles on how they won't be able to afford Mikheyev. He needs eleven million dollars a year, right? Like 
a player scores a couple games in a row and the media is running him out of town already. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, speaking of media running people out of town, uh, Peter Morasic played in the game uh, the other night. So where do we think he's headed? What's the, I mean, the trade deadline's coming up. Trade de- the trade deadline. It's going to be in March this year um, instead of February, but still it's coming up. And uh, we have a goalie that plays backup and makes $3.8 million. So what do we think? Oof, that's a tough one. Is this now or is this off season? Like, is this something I, I we can say off season, but before the playoffs? I think we would have to be really lucky. Not that he's not a good goalie, not that he's not capable, but I think we would have to be very lucky for someone to pick him up. But at the same time, realistically, do we really want to move on from him? Mm-hmm. Like last year, we brought in Riddick as a third just in case yeah with covid and everything going on if we go into the playoffs and if campbell heaven forbid campbell gets covid Mm -hmm. and he now has to sit out say games one and two or games three and four i'd much rather have morazic than hutchinson if if we see morazic taken out of town like i just feel like that's another like curtis mcelaney situation you don't want that like yes it would be great dollars and cents wise to get the, you know, get this guy out of here as soon as possible. But as Bean was saying, if, if something happens, we are screwed. <laughs> Cause how much do we really trust just Joseph Stonewall Jackson? All right. Like he's walls, you know, he's been, been pretty decent, but he's, he's no, he's no Jack Campbell <laughs> yet. No, but I, I guess my only point would be that at the price we're paying, like we're paying him to be a one B goalie, but we're not playing him as a one B goalie. He's being a backup because Jack has proven himself to be a starter. He's not going to play 50% of the season anymore. So I think if somebody is looking for a goalie that can be a starter or a one B like that and has the money to give Morazic, I think the Leafs can afford to pay less, uh, you know, I don't know how to word that properly, but you know, they can definitely get a cheaper backup goalie than $3.8 million. If that's what they need as a safety blanket for Jack. Yeah. But I don't know if they'll be able to get that at the deadline though. Right. Mm-hmm. So potentially in the off season. Yeah. But I don't think I can't see him not yeah. being on the Leafs. Just like, for the yeah, start I of think the if, if it's going to be that kind of move, it's, it's probably going to be off season. You're right. Um, just to have that insurance, especially if you're going for it this year, like you said, if anything happens to Jack, God forbid, you've got, you know, a proven basically starting goalie. So, yep. He was playing in the oh. Arizona game, right? Because if I recall, he wasn't that bad. No, he no, didn't play he that wasn't bad. bad. Uh, um, I know a lot of people thought he should have had that second goal from Dezingle, but I mean, it's hard when you only face 18 shots. I think it wasn't the whole game. Well, basically, the entire game is being played on the other side. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's easy to catch him off guard. Not to mention, he's, had a lot of he's defensive played... breakdowns, too. He's played four yeah, games this season. Oh, man. And we were talking like, about them playing 50-50. Yeah. But a lot of that is injury, right? Right. He's been hurt twice. And that's just, yeah. We've gone through so many goalies on this team. It's insane. Yeah, but at least we're not, uh, you know, there's there's teams out there who are pretty much like full, four tendies deep right now. Like they're, they're, they're putting out, uh, you know, Craigslist ads for a goaltender. There's been more goalies used this season alone than there was the entire original six era. 
<laughs> yeah. Which spans That's like insane. which is like nineteen forty two ish to sixty seven. That's wild. That span like, there was ninety eight to... goalies used, and we've all, there's already been a hundred used this year. Yeah, like that's... backup tendies like that's like right. a we're gonna need a bullpen for backup tendies at this point. Like we're gonna have to go MLB style. Like you know, have a <laughs> have a starting tendie, have a closing tendie. He's <laughs> yeah, a good closer that uh, that Mrazek, All right. Could you imagine if we got to a point where people were only playing like two periods, then it was just normal to switch your your backup in to close the game out in the third? Like oh. that's what they were ready for was just playing third periods every night. That would take like a if you're ahead, athlete. you put a certain one in, and if you're behind, you put a different one in. Like man, Wait, that would be wild. Didn't Edmonton? Had- didn't Edmonton do something like that? I, I I think it was the Oilers. They had a goalie who couldn't play, like who was horrible in the shootouts. Did they not do that? And I think Vegas did that at one oh. point. They put Flurry in for a shootout when Leonard had played the whole game. I have actually, now that you mentioned that, I have actually seen people switch for the shootout before to the backup because they're like, look, I just played, you know, 80 or whatever it is, 70 minutes. I'm not doing a shootout too. Also, so Gary Bettman, stuck. if you're listening in, uh, you got yo dirty a little bit of money if you go to that goalie bull, uh, goalie bullpen. All right. It's a, it's a new system. <laughs> He's just trying to figure out a way he can screw Quebec out of a team again. Oh um, the general consensus, by the way, for the Vegas game was just we don't like shootouts. Nobody likes the mm-hmm. shootout. It's not fun. Which doesn't make was, sense with our team. As a, as a child, you know, as a young as a young boy growing up, the shootout was the coolest thing. All right, back in like oh six oh seven, you know, especially because you're influenced by like video games. What you know, playing Chell and uh, you know, you're like, oh, I want to play on the shootout because you're actually playing as the, you know, as the characters. But now having seen it enough times as an adult, it's starting to like, it's starting to, you know, the the magic's gone. All right. I can see the players don't even enjoy it that much either. We need <laughs> like, Merrick out there first. Um, just again, to touch on things that people were mad about, um, the officiating in both games was much talked about. Uh, we had some calls where even on the replay, they were like, they would show something and I'm like, wait, where's the, where's the call? And then they would show a different re- replay. Cause they're like, Oh, maybe it was here. Oh no, we can't find it. Actually. I don't know. I don't know what they called hooking on Matthews. I don't know where that came from. He got cross-checked, then he got cross-checked again. Then he got punched and then he went to the box. We had uh, bunting get challenged for a fight and he said no. And then he got called for two minutes for, I don't know, roughing or unsportsmanlike. I don't know. He must yeah. have said something if he's if he went to the box. That's the only thing I can think <laughs> of. Uh, Clifford gets a high stick and call it, I think was the only warranted penalty of the two games. And yep. uh, Kasha on a breakaway to the net gets tripped and there's no penalty shot. I don't know what's warranted for a penalty shot, I guess. Yeah. It, like wh- <sighs> Penalty shots are, are tough. Like... Um... Basically, unless you have a ref that is well, very well respected in the league and has been around forever, then unless it's blatantly obvious, they're probably not going to call a penalty shot. They don't want to be, not that they would purposefully miss it, but they don't want to be responsible for that large of an impact on the game, right? Mm. Wasn't Wes McCauley doing this game um yes i think he was doing the arizona game yeah yeah so So, no excuse yeah i don't know man it was uh that that's the other thing about the officiating is wes is pretty well respected so that was a that was weird 
I didn't I didn't like a lot of that, especially when uh, the Leafs are playing their hearts out. And then, you know, again, like Matthews just getting pushed around like crazy and nothing happens from it. So, oh, I hate when yeah. they when he gets manhandled and they do nothing because like it's such a catch 22. Right. Because in one thing, like in one sense, as a Leafs fan, you're like, you know, grow a pair, Matthew, start throwing hands. And then in the other sense, you're like, but why are they not making those calls? Like, I, I, I totally yeah. get why he's like, you know, cool, calm and collected and just letting it happen because like. You know, if this was soccer, obviously, like, hey, like, what the hell? That's a fucking red card. Right? <laughs> those yeah. are like, this is just, those are just blatant, you know, uh, violations of the game, right? Like, some of the manhandling moments of Matthews, like, yeah, like, I totally get why he's just like, what the hell? Like, why are you not calling this? I am like a legend in this league. But again, like, as a, as a Leafs fan, sometimes you're like, Matthews, suck it up, just throw throw some hands and get get back in there, bud. No, he just came back from wrist surgery. <laughs> well look what happened with Pierre-Luc Dubois they got in a wrestling match and it's like yep. he, he can't win there's no winning for him yeah well because if he fights back maybe we get another phantom call and he's like you know two minutes and, <laughs> and, and Dubois gets away with it right like you can't like then it's five in a game leave. right yeah okay so with that is my transition thing gonna work oh I don't <laughs> think my sounds are gonna work anymore man why do my sounds never work on this thing um, so we're gonna go to... There we go. Darty's found his new calling. Great, thanks. So uh, we're going to go to questions from Twitter here. Luke Mann uh, asks, I feel like we're still missing something. What can we do to make the team more gritty? Feel like we concede softies. This is kind of what I asked the other day. It was, um, you know, what are we missing on this team? Like something still awry. What do we think? I think, I mean, the, the biggest storyline so far has been uh, a new defenseman a new partner for jake muzzin potentially um what do you guys feel it i i still am pretty happy with the team um like even tampa from a couple years ago when they were breaking records for regular season wins there was still faults on the team every team has faults but realistically okay yeah i'd love to add a, a big shutdown defenseman, you know, not someone like, not someone who's going to be a pylon out there, but we, yeah. we definitely need maybe a little size if, if I had to say something, but then on, on the other hand, what are we going to give up to get it? Yeah. And honestly, I've seen like Sandine was throwing the body around the other night, like 10 hits, dropped some people. Was it 10 man? He was credited with 10 hits. That's some fantasy value. Absolutely. The Sandman. Sandman. Enter Sandman. So I guess like like shutdown wise, yeah, but like I don't think this it necessarily needs to be size because we've been getting a lot of guys stepping up. But, but like, I don't know. The Evander Kane thing obviously doesn't make sense to me, but I, I think there's something to be said about maybe some more consistent offensive production outside of the top four. Uh, but maybe that can come from a defenseman as well. Like, but I don't know. I think there's little things missing, but nothing like you said that I feel like needs urgent addressing. And I think it can come from within, um, like improving from within instead of you know bringing somebody new in. What yeah, do you think, Darty? We really do need it to come from within at this point, right? Because um, the one thing I've always said, especially after watching so many first round exits, is that like when I see. So when, I, when every time I saw the Leafs just get like out muscled, like out grit, 
I don't know if there's a word for that. Like, just like there's, there's a, you know, that just seems like the other teams are usually like, especially Boston, like sometimes we're, we're definitely more skilled than them, but for some reason they just have that, that strength and just, they throw their bodies into things. And it just, you can tell the Leafs don't have that, uh, at least back then. So it's like, if we could come from within and I, every time I say, I, every time I watch those losses, I'm always like, man, someone's got to go into that. Someone's got to go in that dressing room and just start throwing bottles until they get angry. You know, just, Hey, what are you doing there? <laughs> Throw another glass bottle. Like just hear it crash. Like you need to get on your toes. You need to be scared. You, like, and, and you got to be like that fight of like a Wolverine. Cause like that, you know, when we get to the playoffs, those teams, like, you know, look at, like, as I said, we're talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like we might not see him, but a guy like him on another team in the playoffs gets into the Leafs head and that's where we lose like a seven game series because like you get, you get the wrong kind of fear. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to get fearful and turn into a baby. You want to get a little bit of fear in your heart and, and stand up to it. Be like, no, look, we're going to, we're, you know, we don't have to throw fists, but we're going to put some body into everything because we want to win this, not just because we care about winning, but because we want you to lose. Right. Yeah, and I mean, Hey, in the bubble, it was Pierre-Luc Dubois who shot the Leafs down in that respect right in that five game series against columbus he did just single-handedly get in their heads and they collapsed and before and that it was brad marchand and company marchand like exactly and it's, liam only Foodie scored person. a five-hole goal from the corner but mm, we don't need to relive any of that <laughs> well it was luke, luke man was asking what the leafs are missing right like ideally the one thing i think every leafs fan secretly truly their you know their whole you know for lack of a better term their wet dream would be a scott stevens type defenseman like if we had you know some six foot four you know 225 230 pound defenseman out there just completely bodying people and like making it like making it a fucking grievance to exist <laughs> on our side of the ice like we i feel like we would have we you know all our complaints would disappear It'd be like wow because, you know, anytime I see Travis Dermott touch the puck, it's like, oh, man, here's liability, you know, write the, write the insurance check. All right. Because we're <laughs> we're giving we're giving the other team a payout because every time he touches that puck, it's like we're just giving the money, you know, <laughs> man. Did you see him with the, the spinorama as he was falling for a yeah. shot on net? I tweeted out like, man, can you imagine if Travis Dermott scored on a spinorama instead of what happened last year? Yeah, uh, I don't even want to dump on the guy like I, I want him to be good. Like, oh, he's me a, too. He doesn't like. I'm pretty sure he didn't grow up that far from me, right? So, like, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I went to high school with his sister. So, <laughs> so like, he's a, he's yeah. a, you know, he's a beauty in my books. All right, I just, it, you know, we, we want growth from these guys. We want to see them be great. So, yeah. Uh, next question uh, from Bobby Gosh ninety eight. What WTF? <laughs> That's after the Arizona game. I, I don't know, man. Sometimes goalie is just goalie. I don't know what the, what else to say. Tendy's gonna tendy, right? Absolutely. Oh, it's chicken tendy, man. Every um, I think it's been every time I've been on the show now. I've said like, you know, if a team comes across a hot tendy, like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> that's it. You know, they got like a couple good nights of uh, a season, and that's it. And it, so it, at it, East it Coast, it can happen anytime. Oh, of course, and to any team, it's like I mean, in like like Florida and Tampa both lost to Ottawa. <laughs> Columbus shut out Carolina yesterday, six nothing. And didn't and last I checked, let me see the score of this Dallas. Uh, yeah, Dallas just lost seven one to Florida. So things happen. Mm-hmm. How many how many Pavelski goals or assists? Nothing. That's the son of a gun, man. He screwed me so like two years ago. I'll never forgive him for that. It's negative. I, I, <laughs> he's oh. he's been really good in fantasy this year. Colorado Arizona two two. 
Oh, wow. Arizona, man, they could go on a three-game winning streak here if they can pull this off. Almost uh, better. So the next question comes from East Coast Leaf. What do you think has been the rockiest part of this road trip? Offense, defense, PP, PK, goaltending, and what should they do to fix it? I know the schedule has been off. Guys are out, and it's hard to have an impact, but it seems that's not changing anytime soon. Yeah, fair. Schedule is going to be weird for a while. They're going to play a lot of back-to-backs. Rockiest part of the road trip, I would say probably defense. Yeah, like even even Brody, who's normally our our pillar, has kind of been a little off. Yeah, Riley and Brody let a couple through them. It was like that one game I was saying. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't even Muzzin and Hall that that one night. Yeah. It was the other two lines. So everybody had a couple bad games. I think. But uh, a, a, I think offensively, everyone's been pretty good. Yep. Goaltending's been good. PK's been good. So I don't think it's any secret that the Leafs' defense has been a you know a contentious point for the past ever decade, thirty five years. I don't yeah, know. but it's and it's definitely not even at its worst or at its anywhere close to being at its best but you know this are we are, can we all say that it's good enough at this it's point better than cc and zaitsev and barry and insert defenders of the last couple seasons here but you know the the, the I, defense uh, itself yeah. is better um and the team has been playing a lot better team defense really ever since keith took over the the impact he has made on this team has been drastic but it, it it's just i think it's just a lull they they were off excuse me I, I don't want to use an excuse but they were off for so long they come back they haven't really traveled a lot lately these last two games are the first games in quite a while that the leafs have actually been about even on the faceoffs like the coyotes had 51% faceoff wins against the leafs in that game and the Leafs had what fifty two percent against the Knights. Normally, they're dominating that. Like it, it's it happens to every team. But, yeah, and I mean, it's like I said earlier. They they just came off of everybody having COVID and not playing normal schedule. And yep, yeah, it's it's bound to to hit the team and affect everybody. So we'll we'll hope that it's just temporary. Um, I think we just lost Darty there, but hopefully we get him back in a sec. Uh, next question comes from Zephyr 1967 thoughts on the second D pair since the break. Um, not as bad as they were in the first in like 2021. Uh, welcome back daddy. You were just talking about, um, thoughts on the second D pair since the break was the question. Hall's... And sorry. Yeah, no, I, I feel like Hall's improved, but Muzz's still a little meh. Yeah, so something doesn't seem right with Muzz. Like it's he's not playing terribly, but he doesn't look like I don't know if it's confidence or maybe he is trying to play through some nagging injury. Um he doesn't seem to be himself. Is this going to be one of those things where at the end of the season they announce that he's getting some surgery or something like you know, he's trying to play through something like Patches was. And... Play through like a hip flexor all year or something, right? Yeah. Damn. I, I feel bad if that is the, the case because, I mean, this is really out of nowhere for him to just have like an off year like this. But maybe it is just an off off year. I don't know. Maybe COVID hit him harder than Could other be. people. Look at, look at it like realistically, the NHL has been ridiculously lucky. Did you see the news about Alfonso Davies? No. Not to get into soccer, but... 
he had COVID and now he's got a mild case of myocarditis. Oh no. Yep. So he's not allowed to do pretty much anything for at least the next two to three weeks. I think it is. Yikes. That sucks. Holy. So he's he's going to miss our qualifying games coming up. Yep. Yikes. Um, Next question comes from Mike uh, at MTC underscore 80. What do you think Dubas will have to do to move both the Richie and Morazic contracts this summer? Uh, hated Morazic contract from day one. It was one thing to give him 3.8 million, but three years made no sense. Uh, so this is kind of like what we touched on earlier. Um, in the summer, I would probably see both of those contracts being moved out of town. What'll it have to take? What's this going to take Dubas? Uh, hopefully not draft picks to sweeten the pot. I mean, I think it might just be moving them for whether it's, you know, future considerations of some kind or just like a nothing, um, maybe taking on some other mediocre contract. I don't know, but they don't even have room for that. Like really when it comes to Mrazic, I think you pretty much had to give that. It it was probably initially going to be a two year deal. Um, his camp was probably looking for two years at four, two or something like that. And then Dubas probably had to give that extra year just to ensure that he could bring the AAV down, right? The annual cap hit. Guaranteed. So it's, it's still a nice contract. I mean, like we were saying, there's teams looking for goaltending, whether it's, you know, even Colorado and Edmonton and New Jersey and Philly. And there's lots of people looking for help in the goaltending department. So, I, I don't think it's going to be hard to find a suitor for it. I think it's just going to be hard to work out what the Leafs get back. Because yeah. uh, everybody knows the Leafs are, are in a, a strong arm position. Like they, they can't really move that much. So, you know, if you're making a deal with Dubas, you're helping him out. It's, so it, it's going to have to be a team that wants one or both of those players, right? Like, even yeah. Richie, he's still only 26. He's only at a cap hit of 1.375. So that's not horrible. He's shown flashes in the right scenario. He could still be a decent fit. Yeah, and I think if you put him with the right people, like it's hard to to play with a duo like Marner and Matthews or like Tavares and Nylander like it takes a certain kind of person to compliment those guys and if you're not the right fit it doesn't mean you're a bad player it just means you're yep. not the right fit and uh, I don't think he fits anywhere else in the lineup and I don't think that was their intention when they brought him in I think it was supposed to be a top six winger and uh, he just doesn't really jive with either of those pairs so I think it's just move on yep yep so that uh, that concludes our, our Twitter questions. Thank you for sending those in. Please continue to do so at Leafs Late Night. Uh, we're going to be doing the same for tomorrow's game at St. Louis. So be sure to send us some more questions. Those are good questions. Um, like I'm I'm really happy yeah. with that. Like, oof. it gives us a lot to talk about. Um, we're not going to really be able to get through a lot of our other stuff here. We'll save most of our conversation for tomorrow's episode after the St. Louis game. Um, but, uh, just a little all-star and Olympic talk. We had Matty Nyes and Nick Abruzzi's, Abruzzi's, let's say Abruzzi's, uh, both named to the U S Olympic team as we still await for Canada to scramble to figure out who they are sending to the Olympics. (laughs) That's cool though. We get to watch Nyes and Abruzzi's there. Did either of you guys see 
the the fake yes. the fake roster for Team Canada that was floating around. It it was pretty funny. It almost had me for a minute. It had me too. Darty, did you see this? With the one with the, the one with Scotty Upshaw and Shane O'Brien on it? <laughs> Carlo yeah. Koliakovo mm-hmm. and uh you know, I would have believed Danny it. Danny Heatley. Yeah, Danny Heatley. I would have believed if it had uh, Gilbert Brule on there, all right. But uh, once I saw <laughs> once I saw Shane O'Brien, I was like, That fat son of a bitch has not played any more hockey, all right. Not <laughs> like he will be, but not not for Team Canada. <laughs> as soon well, as I saw they, Lupel. Oh John, exactly. They were so clever about how they did it. I don't. I don't think Lupul's like, done vacationing on Robida Island. <laughs> Lupul wishes he could play Man, with Bedard, all right? If you read through, it's like okay: Eric Stahl, Mason McTavish, Mike Richards, Joffrey Lupul, Connor Bedard, Jordan Tutu. What the fuck is this team? <laughs> no, I would love to see Tutu play though. Okay, so I'm like Kevin Bieksa and Dion Phaneuf and Carlo Koliakovo and uh, and Mark Mathot on defense. How about Freddie Brathwaite as the third goalie? He was a cool with Justin attendee. Pogey and Devin Dubnik. This seems amazing. Fre- Danny Winnick <laughs> with Danny Heatley. Yo, what is it? Fre- Freddie Brathwaite was like the epitome of like Tendy style. All right, like he was a cool guy. Like <laughs> I had his rookie card, so I man that that is too funny. Um, we also had Matthews and McDavid named as the captains for their respective All Star teams. Uh, what do we think of the uh, the Atlantic team? Well, I I really wish the NHL would get rid of the one player from every team thing. Or Ooh, did you see the comment from uh, who was it McKinnon McDa- or uh, McKinnon? Yeah, the the fact that Kadri it's not a participation game. Yeah, the fact that Kadri didn't get put on is ridiculous. He's third McKinnon. in the league in points. He's having one of the best years of any player in the league, and he's not on the team. It's just stupid. If you want a representative from every team, and I get it, you know, back in the in the 80s, you had all-star games that it was all Oilers or all Islanders, right? And Hey, if they're the best players in the league, it's them plus the other best players against the other side's best players. That's no, all I, it is. I completely agree, and that's what it should be. But if you want a representative from every team, have it so that you can have players there specifically for skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the Islanders, realistically, they don't have anybody on the team this year that deserves to be going to an all-star game. Who did? They, who are they sending? Um, Matt Metropolitan Martin. Division. It's Adam Pellick. You got to be joking. No, no, I'm not. So... They're sending Adam Pellick as a representative of the Metro Division just because the Islanders have to have someone. Why not have it skills-related as well? Send Chara for harder shot. There's your representative from the island. That's ins- like right? Who are the Rangers sending? Um, Adam Fox, which makes sense. Yeah, and if otherwise... Ugh, and Chris, Chris Kreider and should be there. Kreider's going to. Panarin's not okay. there, though. Shesterkin's not there. You have Jari and Ed and Freddie as your goalies. Freddie Anderson and Jack Campbell both going to the All Star mm-hmm. game. Who'd have right? Awkward. <laughs> like, Nick Suzuki's going to be in the All Star game, but Willie Nylander's not. Yeah. You know, uh, Cedric Paquette is going to the All Star game. <laughs> whoa, whoa, wait. What? What? Does Montreal have anybody that's 
actually an NHLer to send right now. <laughs> um, Somebody posted a, a clip of one of their prospects playing, and I was like, oh, wow, they have a prospect that's not actually on the Canadians right now? That's a miracle. Right. Like, if you are in their system, you've probably played a game in the last month. Oh, it, it's ridiculous. They are just... it. I love it, but I hate it at the same time. I love it for what they did in the first round against the Leafs last year. And I love it because I would rather the Leafs do better than the Habs. But as much as I despise them, they are still a historic franchise. So I hate seeing them be this bad. Yeah. uh, In fact, now in last place because uh, Arizona beat the Leafs. (laughs) Yep. Wild. Uh, Speaking of the Canadians, Mark Bergevin was hired by the LA Kings. What do we think of this? Good. Um, that'll be awkward for Philip Deneau. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say, he's going to go, hey, we should get ourselves a Philip Deneau. Oh, wait, you guys already got him. They'll go grab a slice, you know? I'm sure he'll show him all the good pizza places out there. <laughs> so he's uh, assistant to the uh, general manager? Assistant to the general regional manager? I guess he's assistant, <laughs> assistant to the... <laughs> I thought about making that joke, but I didn't know if I should. Uh, I mean, I love that he said he was taking a break. And he, I just dropped something I was fiddling with. He's taking a break and he uh, he's already back. And uh, LA Kings welcomed him with open arms. Wasn't he there before, though? Bergevin? Um, yeah. He was in Chicago for sure. I thought he went to LA after Chicago before he came. I might be wrong. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd have to look. To, I'm not 100 percent sure. Probably went to fucking L.A. for the Joe Weider Classic or whatever they got. <laughs> We're doing a little weightlifting, getting a little uh, juicy out there, isn't he? Where's your man? Oh yeah, like that guy. Every time I see him, he's like he's just like looks roided out. I'd oh, be afraid yeah. to have on my on my team. Just like you know, you're worried about making the guys have to piss test all the time. They're like, oh, this guy's uh, <laughs> this guy's hanging around. Maybe you know, spend enough time with Bergevin. They all they're all starting the you know the juice. Yeah, no, he never uh, he wasn't with them. I thought he was weird, but he's he's there now. Oh, Marky, um, Marky Mark. Speaking of GMs and assistant GMs and all that, did you guys see this Bobby Clark clip of him just absolutely blasting Ron Hextall? Yes. Now, I mean, like, you, you there's a bit of anger in it, you could tell, and he just hates Ron Hextall because um, there was some tone to that for sure. There definitely was. I, I think, so Bobby Clark's got a history with the Fletcher family, right? Like, he goes back to Chuck's dad. He had a, a lot of doings with Cliff Fletcher. And do you think maybe this is a way to try to take the heat off of Chuck by saying that, oh, we're doing so poorly because we have no prospects coming up because our previous GM screwed us up. It's a easy way to shift the blame. And yeah, if it's a yeah. family matter, then even better. Uh, for anybody who missed it, Bobby Clark, who was a, uh, was he a scout with? He was Philly? basically everything with Philly at one point. He was their their captain that led them to the Cups in the 70s. Um, 
after he's done playing, he's he's coached, he's GM'd, he's he's done everything for the team. Most recently as a scout. (laughs) He's committed assault, like, on the ice. Like, he literally broke that Russian guy's fucking leg during the Summit Series. Like, (laughs) like, Oh, it's that guy. Great. Tell me I'm wrong, B. Didn't he didn't he break that? I don't like he's a pretty famous Russian player. I don't I don't go back that far in history, but I remember these things. But I'm pretty sure he like literally slashed that guy and broke his fucking leg. Yes, yes, he did. (laughs) Unreal. So um in case anybody missed it, Bobby Clark roasted Ron Hextall for uh basically forcing them to pick Nolan Patrick, or he picked Nolan Patrick without telling anybody. And uh they all wanted Kale McCarr. And uh that was kind of a bust pick i mean nolan patrick's been unfortunately i think he was injured right he got a bad concussion or something or yeah something along those lines he hasn't played much yeah but i mean it's not his fault and uh i think bobby clark was a little little rude in his um uh, treatment of nolan patrick i guess uh unintentionally in the comment but hey kill mccarr would have been a better pick he was not though the next pick Contrary to what Bobby Clark said, because he said Kel McCarr went right after. McCarr went fourth. Yeah, Heiskanen went in between there. Yeah, so that He's was Nico Heischer and then Nolan Patrick, uh, Heiskanen, and then um, Kel McCarr and Elias Patterson. Yep, EP40, so what an glass. Interesting, mediocre-ish draft. Um, Elias Patterson and Kel McCarr are probably the best ones of it. I mean, I would say mediocre, but like it's not just no like superstar in it um in a couple years i think that uh, might change Have, has, yeah Kel Ma- i don't know I th- well, yeah i think i'm okay. wrong there kill mccarr yeah M- mccarr aside because mccarr is ridiculous but yeah J- has anybody noticed what jason robertson's been doing out in dallas he and pavelski are uh, killing it robertson's a stud yeah, I'm gonna take back what I said about it being a kind of a bust year. It's just, it's more that it's just like I don't know. They're random-ish names besides Makar and Patterson. Like I don't know. I don't see much of Heischer or Heiskanen or Patrick. So it's just it's an odd top three. That's all. Just because I guess four and five are the more prominent names in the league. Aside from Makar and Heiskanen, most of them have been injured. It's it's one of those weird drafts that's almost cursed. Yeah, true. I guess they have all been out for a long time. Pedersen hasn't played much. And... He sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, to t- touch on Jason Robertson, he's in 27 games played. He's got 13 goals and 19 assists. Yeah, he's plus 12 right here. Yeah. He is killing it. He had 45 points last year, and he's already got 32 this year. I wonder if this game hurt him, yeah, though. Was... There, didn't they lose 7-1 today? Yeah, he was a... Minus two, along with my boy, Sleepy Joe Pavelski. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> and how about, like, Toothless Klingberg? Yeah, t- Doesn't that guy look like one of the pirates Dude. from Pirates of the Caribbean? Like, you know, those two bumbling fools yes. that he looks like? <laughs> I've got five guys on COVID protocol or injured right now. It sucks. <sighs> Fantasy's hard in the middle of a pandemic on top of everything else that's hard in the middle of a pandemic. You don't want to give up um, anybody good just to get like a couple of like young scrappy upstarts who can actually play. But then at the same time, like if you just sit on all these good guys and they're all in COVID protocol, you're not going to get any points, right? So, but it's like I'm sure how many how many of you guys in your leagues have had people stolen from you because you've made those decisions and you're like, oh god damn it! <laughs> Absolutely, I am so stupid. I dropped 
Pavel Buchnevich and Jordan Kairou at different points in this season, and uh, I am very, very, very much regretting those decisions. As they are both in the top 100 now, I drafted Buchnevich, and he was Garbo for the first two months, and then he lit up. Now he's like 50th in the league. Um, and Kairou, I was just like, okay, I got to trim some random plug on my team, and of course I was like, whatever, St. Louis isn't doing well. And then Kairou starts lining it up. So I just want to say um, to anybody should lead us into our pregame against St. Louis. I was going to say to anybody who's sitting, there's, there's, there's one in every league who's sitting with Evander Kane in their, in on their team. You're wasting your time. Like just like, I'm going to do you a favor. Here's dirty tips here. You just stop wasting your time with Evander Kane. He's not coming back. Right. It's not, it's not happening. He's going to be on McDavid's wing. 100% he's coming back. Yeah, he, he's gonna break. They're they're already like there's like court injunctions going on right now with because of his COVID protocol breaking, right? Like some sort of. Uh... That's true. They the I can't league has deemed that nobody can sign him until they resolve this matter. So uh, if this goes past the deadline, the people might be screwed. That's what I'm saying. Like this is this guy can literally not catch a break. Like every you know every single time he takes one step forward, something gives him three steps back. So. Yeah, himself. I think he's caught a lot of breaks. <laughs> like, honestly, though, come on. I mean, like, everyone keeps giving him chances. And he himself, like, he got himself all the way out of the weeds and was on his way back. And then he flew without saying that he had COVID when he had COVID. Like, he's just, every time he makes it out and everyone starts leaning more in his favor, he does something else. It's like, yep. can we just treat this like... It is, and get him some professional help, and actually like treat his gambling addiction. And I feel like you a, know, like you know, for a league that makes millions, like, and I feel like this in all leagues too, like NBA, uh, MLB, you know, NFL. It's like for these problem guys who are like also, you know, amazing in their respective fields. It's like you, you need to just pay an extra couple hundred thousand to get like some you know, big Russian guy named Oleg to follow them around. And if they do anything, <laughs> beat the ever loving shit out of them, you know, respectfully, you know, you know, with a you know bag of oranges or something just to remind them, Hey, you want to step off? You're going to lose millions of dollars. And I'm doing you a favor for when you're 50 and you're, you know, when you're, when you're Mike Tyson's age and you're like, Oh, now I can rack up the, you know, the money, you know, instead of being, you know, behind and, you know, owing the IRS or owing the cosmopolitan or, you know, owing the river creek casino which he'll eventually have to owe because you know <laughs> they'll be willing open arms when he goes over to edmonton casino rama baby exactly so they'll have to pull a domi and walk around with a bodyguard in public exactly and not I like oleg the uh, russian who hits you with a bag of oranges exactly now you know what maybe evander <laughs> kane one day he'll be doing calm wave commercials you, you know who knows but until that day like there just has to be someone there to follow him just make sure hey like i'm gonna straighten you out if you step out of line because like these guys they're you know like look at like guys like antonio brown in the nfl right like even if you don't watch nfl you, you, you you've already know his name because like they're amazing players and they constantly just screw themselves right like you know it's it's bad enough when say someone like you or me like falls on hard times and we just can't get out of the slump. But when you see someone who's like you know an absolute legend and you know obviously making lots of money, it's like you're surrounded by all this wealth and people of wealth. Like how is it like even you can fail? And it's one of those feelings that's not even humbling. It's like it's just it's really fucking sad. <laughs> it's it, it's not just Kanye West. <laughs> what do you say? 
Kanye West. Kanye, Kanye. I'm gonna let you finish. I, We're talking about the, the Kanye Wests of sports, essentially. Yeah. It's people that are so good, but they let themselves get in the way of their greatness. And it's frustrating to watch, for sure. Antonio Brown is something else, man. People have been enabling him for way too long. <laughs> yep. And like with, with Kane, if, if it was just drugs or just alcohol or just gambling, not that those things aren't difficult to overcome. Because... You know, addiction is a legitimate thing. It's not something to laugh at. But when it starts getting into the domestic stuff and some of the stories that have come out, that's when it gets scary, man. Like, I wouldn't want anything to do with him right now. At least with an addiction, you can kind of pinpoint one thing that you're dealing with. With this, it's just you don't know where this starts and finishes. Like, what's a coping mechanism for what and yeah well it's like yeah like i didn't oh, know this boy. too because again these things just like any any other league kind of get swept under the rug if they can but he's got some of his own you know jake for style skeleton is in his closet too right like this not just regarding his like his ex-wife like this goes back to like what 2013 yeah. so like again like we all know this guy's got a got a rap sheet but you know i said about time he took out a billboard but Connor Wasn't McDavid, like apologizing to his ex or something, his <laughs> girlfriend or something, he, yeah. he like bought a billboard and or something. He's he's something else. Connor McDavid, though, I think he's been pretty ballsy. I love it. I love seeing this, and I think that like you know, this is what we want to see for the NHL in the future. Is that like he's he's putting his future on his shoulders. And what he said uh, in regards to Evander Kane is like, that's, that's, I feel like that will echo throughout the years now because you're going to see other guys who are going to say, you know what, like, I'm want, like the NHL, they, we don't really build our super teams like the NBA does, right? Right. And so to kindly have that window of possibility where like a, a star player can say, you know what, like, I'm not just getting stuck with the team that I have. I want to build the team. I'm, you know, I see a guy like Evander Kane, he's struggling. I know he's great. Get him here. We're bringing him here, right? That oh, that was McDavid's fault for accepting an eight year deal. <laughs> like, yes, okay, it's a lot of money, but look what Ma- I don't like it because Matthews may leave after five years. But look what he did, right? Hmm. That I, I would rather what what the NHL has and what the NBA has because for quite a while there in the N- NBA, not a huge basketball fan, but it was Golden State or cleveland golden state or cleveland am, am i wrong like it did oh absolutely like, I, I totally agree no, you're right Bas- basically curry or lebron right mm-hmm. whereas the nhl okay you have your powerhouses that are going to be there every year but anything can happen you had montreal go to the stanley cup final last year for christ's sakes now they're in last place <laughs> They've won what? I'm just going to keep saying that. I'm going to ride that as long have, as we can. What, Montreal's eight, eight, eight wins in their last 46 games or something like that? Yeah. Dating back to the That's cup insane. final. But to your point, Artie, it's like, you know, you can you can be the McDavid and, and say, uh, we, we just want to win. We've got a positive attitude here. We're going to take this guy in with open arms because I have an eight-year deal and I'm kind of stuck here. You know who else did the exact same thing is Jumbo and Couture and Vlasic who took eight-year deals and stuck around in San Jose in a shithole. And then they said, hey, Kane, you know what? We, we need some help here. We'll take you in. You need somewhere to go? You can come right here. And <laughs> he, he let them down at every turn, man. 
no, no, no one's questioning the on ice product. It's everything else that comes with it. Like you look it's at the, the showing up late and yep. You look at the famous picture of and... Bufflin flipping them off. <laughs> right. So good. At some point you just reach a limit. We've all had coworkers that, okay, you know what? They might actually be good at their job, but you can't stand being around them. You can't stand talking to them. It just, there's, whether it's complaining or lazy, right? Like everybody's worked with someone like that. Yeah. But speaking of, uh, of Bufflin, um, I, f- I always felt like he retired a little bit too early. I feel like he definitely could still be kicking ass in today's league. But um, that all that on that t- train of thought, it did. Uh, I think in this episode, before we forget, we should bring up that uh, uh, Bowen Byron. I feel like I want to shout out Bowen Byron because I have a lot of respect for what he did and what he said and how he kind of respects his own body and is saying, "Look, like I'm going through it." Because like I saw him on that Leafs game, he looked pretty fucking good to me. But that's the thing is he, you know, tell you tell you what it looks like, but he's going to tell you what it is, and what it is is that like he's hurting. And yeah, the on ice product was there, but like he can't, you know, physically, I guess even waking up in the morning, it's like a fucking pain for him. So I, I want to say if I don't, I know he's not listening, but if he did, if he is, or, you know, out there in the, the sphere of anybody who, who knows him that this podcast, at least from dirty, like we support you, man. Like you're, 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 you're awesome. We need to Absolutely. see that. Yeah, no, that, that's a that's a great shout out. If anybody missed that, Bowen Byram uh, was suffering from uh, it was concussion, right? Uh, symptoms. Yep. And uh, pulled himself out for personal reasons, so he's taking a, a leave from the game to deal with that. So it's not something that the team is you know doing. It's he's doing himself. So yeah, good for him for standing up and saying, "Look, I'm not 100. percent I can't play like this." So you got to be honest yep. with yourself, right? Because you don't want to wake up, you know, at you know at age 40 and not be able to to say like downs <laughs> you know like yeah because you felt that one night in the regular season you might let the guys down and so you wanted to play through something and then you pay for it for the rest of your life so it's it's hard to make those decisions in the moment but you uh, you definitely appreciate it later on and nobody will will hold you for that well they shouldn't they shouldn't there's they still shouldn't. some of those people, people out there people will He's the one who has to wake up every morning, right? He's the one who has to feel that pain. As I said, like, we saw what the product was on the ice. Like, we know what it looks like. He looks amazing. He looked good. He played good in that Maple Leafs game. But, you know, waking up every morning, I don't want to, you know, if that's the pain, like, this guy is making decent money. He's 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 a good kid, talented kid. Like, we would all want to be out there and be in his position. Like, if that's the kind of pain that he's going through, then I I respect that. Like, fuck, take that time. Make yourself better first. And we hope to see you again soon if, if we can. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the theme of this year or the last two, three years maybe is players kind of taking the responsibility to uh, step away from the game themselves and everybody kind of accepting that and being supportive of people taking personal time, whether it was, you know, Druin or Price or uh, whoever else. A couple of them slipping my mind, but some people have been doing that over the last little bit. Even David Krejci going back to uh, the Czech Republic. Yep. Well, look at Price as a perfect example. He was lights out in the playoffs, played amazing, has never had any ounce of anything questionable in his entire career. And then he comes out with, obviously we don't know the details, but he was battling something. Who who would have known? Yeah, and exactly. It's like Darty said, it's on the ice, but you don't know what they're battling behind yep. the scenes. So. Yeah, nope. it, it's, it's definitely good that this stuff is coming out now. 
like not necessarily that it's coming out, but that they're they feel comfortable enough to to say, you know what, hey, I need to I need to walk away for a little bit. Like, look, we're the, we're the league where we had, you know, what back in the sixties, seventies, where uh, you know, Leafs player um, <clears throat> was it was it Terry Sawchuk who uh, literally got the shit kicked out of him by his own friend and then just died. Like, you know, we deal with a lot of cr- you know hockey players. They're tough sons of bitches. They deal with a lot of crazy shit mentally, physically. You know, like it's it's come a long time from you know from times like that where we just kind of walk away from our, our heroes and just, they kind of just, they, you know, they don't really get to ride off into the sunset. And now, you know, hopefully we can have moments now in the future where we can take care of our guys and not just let them, you know, <laughs> die in the streets, you know? No, of course. And today's episode is sponsored by better help. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get so great. No, we don't have... Sorry. It's just like, th- these are the moments. These are the things we got to talk. This is like big news in the league, right? Like, no, it is. I was just trying to twist it <laughs> into a, a light way to end it, but um, we don't have any sponsors, so I can't do that. <laughs> yet. At least not yet. See, but that's that's an example to anybody who's listening how we could work in your sponsorship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so uh, real quick, Leafs taking on the St. Louis Blues tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. We'll be back for a post game. We'll have the uh, the whole team or most of it here. Uh, anything we want to close off with thoughts going into St. Louis? I don't like Jordan Bennington. I feel like St. Louis is on a bit of a tear right now. Like I'd be scared to play them. They seem yeah. Pretty- Cairo is uh, on fire. Like pff, Caillou, as uh, Steph calls him. Oh, don't say that name. <laughs> a, little, a little trauma from our past there with Caillou. Right? That is one show I absolutely refuse to let my son watch. I hear that from so many parents. They're like, no, he complains about everything and he yells till he gets what he wants. I'm not letting my kid watch that. You just don't want them to be influenced by that, right? Like if you already have good kids, you don't want them to see that and be like, oh, if I do this to my parents, then I can get away with this. I can get that toy. I can, you know. (laughs) Right. It's amazing. We all lasted growing up watching crap like that. I was uh, I was an Arthur kid, so I I came out fine. You know, Arthur, I would, I'm pretty sure, punched his sister, all right? So, <laughs> oh, he did? Yeah. I, I was in Ninja Turtles and Beast Wars, kids, so I don't know what happened to me, but... He did punch he his did sister. Because she broke his okay. plane or something like that, and he's like... I told you not to touch it! <laughs> I'm, Arthur, you know, Arthur was... Like, I feel like Arthur was realistically, like, a good good show when it came to like growing up like i feel like we'd all been you know we all we've all been through a lot of the issues that like arthur's been through i don't i don't think i ever cut myself on a can of lima beans i think that there's one episode where you get a tetanus (laughs) shot because he i don't know he fell into some dumpster or something but (laughs) hondo p i remember did you remember all the episodes that were like beavis and butthead and south park and stuff like they randomly just like animated them like adult cartoons for like the peanut parents that would get the joke yeah. There's like this one this Man, one picture was... of um Buster and Arthur where it's like they're 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 dressed in like classic like nineties hip hop artists and they're like me and my home slice would like to chat with you or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll call it there. Thanks for uh for tuning in another night. This has been uh, Roscoe Bean and Dirty Broder. Remember to follow them on Twitter and Instagram and all the things at Dirty Broder at JB and twenty five. Let's see if my outro works here. It's probably not going to work, so we'll add it in post. Thanks.
Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. 